Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, Happy New Year. We are happy back. Happy New Year. <laughs> back. Who knows if we're better than ever, but we are officially back. You have had a couple weeks of different episodes mixed in here. Grace, you and I did a bunch of things looking back on 2023 and looking forward to 2024. I did a solo episode doing predictions for the Tony Awards, which... I'm sure we'll be completely wrong by the time the Tony nominations and Tony Awards actually happen. Jennifer McHugh and I had a couple pop culture things in there as well, including our wishes, wants, and wills for the upcoming Emmy Awards that'll happen on January 15th. So lots of content that we hope you were able to follow along with and kept you occupied and entertained during the holidays. But we are back on our normal schedule in Grace. There was a lot of news. We did not expect there to be much news coming out over the holidays because there very rarely is. But there was this year, and we're going to start with things that aren't officially news as of now, but could be in the very near future. It started just a few days before Christmas when Philip Boroff over at the Broadway Journal reported that both Stereophonic and Paper Mill's Great Gatsby, not to be confused with just Gatsby that's coming to ART later this year, but the Great Gatsby that had Jeremy Jordan and even Obelzada, they are both getting ready for Broadway runs. The plan, as we've kind of talked about a number of times, is for Stereophonic to move from its completely sold out two and a half month run at Playwrights Horizons to go over to the Golden Theater, the only play appropriate house still available on Broadway this season. That has pretty much been confirmed by everybody that I know in and around the theater community. So that will go in there. The other news, which is a little bit more squishy as far as I can tell, Grace, is that one of the producers who has kind of subsidized or enhanced the Gatsby production at Paper Mill has secured the Broadway theater for this spring. And that's what Philip Boroff says in the Broadway Journal. But as you and I were talking before we started recording, Grace, spring could mean spring season, as in like the spring Broadway season opening before the Tony eligibility deadline in April, or just spring the calendar season. And maybe it won't even begin performances until April or May or even June, since the the equinox does not happen to turn us into summer until like June 20th. So we don't exactly know if it's going to be part of this season, but it does look like this Gatsby is moving forward to come to Broadway in the next six months at the Broadway theater. But as we know, the show that was most recently at the Broadway grace was here lies love. Huge renovations were necessary to make that show happen. Took out all the seats on the floor. Now they have to put them back. Yeah. It's a lot to do. It's very expensive. Um, That's, that's a massive multi-week undertaking. And by week, I mean month. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I let's stick with the stereophonic of it all first, and then we'll get into the Gatsby. You didn't do this episode because it would be a conflict of interest because you work on Tony stuff with the shows that you represent. I threw stereophonic even before it had been officially announced. I included stereophonic as one of the shows that I anticipated being nominated for best play this season. I think there are probably a lot of producers of 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 plays, whether they are commercial producers or not-for-profit houses that are not super excited about this one coming in because it could, one, lessen their chances of getting a nomination, or two, lessen their chances of winning an award. I think this one is going to be a major player 
in the Tony discussion very well could win. Um, I don't believe I, I did not predict it to win, but I certainly predicted it to get nominated grace. And so with an announcement like this, that is happening relatively late in the, in the announcements calendar for the other plays that are going to be coming this spring, does an announcement like this with a potentially Tony contending play, like, does it change the, their strategy and their plan for how they're going to roll out their marketing either for like, ticket on sales for opening night or for what a potential Tony campaign could look like? I think that anything that announces is changing the game for anything on the street. I genuinely believe that, right? So like everyone has an idea of what else is out there and what the potentials are and what the potential noms could be for every single piece of theater that's out. The second that someone throws a wrench in that, there is a domino effect. There has to be you get a sense of, okay, well, this show has three leading females or this show has, you know, one very, very obvious, like leading male character, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so forth. And so you kind of start to do some Jenga and you look around and you, and you figure out like what the, what the pops are going to be and what the potential competition is. And the second that someone announces surprisingly or not surprisingly, you kind of have to refactor some of that stuff. Like, I, I, I just, I don't think, I, I think it's, not, I'm not saying it on, like, legitimate, like, I've seen it. Ha- it's just more so that, like, there has to be some level of contingency plans, but also there has to be some level of, hey, you know what? We thought this person was going to be a shoe-in for this nom, and now there is definite three-hand competition versus the two-hander competition or something like that, you know, and I, to some extent. Yeah. And I think that the play categories specifically are in a bit of a different, you know, they they get to have more potential versus the musicals because there's so many musicals this season. Um, I think with a genuine, you know, critics pick type of play like Stereophonic in the mix, it does change things for everyone else's uh, plans, I believe. So um, I, I think that I think it does shift some stuff for sure. Spinning over to Gatsby, because of the Broadway theater renovation of it all, and and again, if, if this is encroaching on, you know, proprietary information that you know from being a Broadway insider, uh, please feel free to let me know. But like, do you think this sneaks in this season or like, is it just too much work to get it in to have a month of preview, previews starting at the end of March or maybe at the beginning of April to have like a late April official opening night? I just don't know that it serves them. I don't I don't know that it serves like like forget the logistical nightmare of trying to, you know, flip that theater so quickly because from my understanding that the that show is not set in a round or immersive setting that is not Not at Paper Mill. No, no, no. No. That was a different <laughs> right. that was a different that was version a different of production. Gatsby we had. Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. So like I I perceive this to to need a proscenium and to have, you know, seating that's on the floor. Um, I don't know that it can happen in time. I also don't know that it's the wisest decision, but who am I to speculate on what's wise? Look at all the motherfuckers out here putting their Broadway shows in a house um, this spring. So The only thing that I will say is, and we talked about this on an episode over the holidays, is, and I don't remember if it was in the regular feed or maybe it was in Patreon, but, um, oh, I think it was our predictions episode, so it wasn't the regular feed. Like, 
do they just want to get in this spring to not be in the exact same season as Florence Welsh and Martina Mayoke's Gatsby? Like, is that part of the, the strategy here as well? I mean, they certainly, you know, it, 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 it's going to ART, the, the, the Florence Welsh one, like that's, right, that's in May, happening right in now May. Yeah. in May. And I think that just having both running in proximity is just inevitable, but I don't, I don't see knowing the current kind of team associated. I don't see it coming into this season. I could be so, so wrong, but I don't perceive it. Just looking at the April eligibility dates alone, you're telling me that they're going to work on the show. They're going to rehearse their, I mean, they've just done it, but still, I just think it's, it's really tough. Yeah, the only the only thing that I will add to that, Grace, is that there are equity casting announcements out there. They have said that basically all of the roles are already cast, although they are accepting application or they are accepting video auditions for replacements. In terms of dancers and singers and stuff like that, they do say that um, auditions actually start on Thursday, January fourth, and rehearsals begin in quote early twenty twenty four. Who knows what that means? Uh, who knows, you know, what that will look like. But I, I do think they are shooting for somewhere late April or in May, whether that's this season or next. Who knows? Now, Grace, this is an announcement that when I first told you I heard this, you flipped out, and we've been waiting. I've been teasing, and it is now official that Darren Chris. And Evan Rachel Wood will be the next Seymour and Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway at the West Side Theater beginning performances on January 30th. They are replacing Constance Wu and Corbin Blue. Grace, Darren, Chris, great. But I know you're really excited about Evan Rachel Wood. For those people who might not know her from her TV and film work, why should they be excited about her playing Audrey off-Broadway? This is an incredibly nuanced casting decision that is beyond the fact that she is a really, really talented actor. Like she just is ever since she was in mm-hmm. 13, um, ever since she did um, Across West the World. Yeah. But her in Across the Universe was like really what put her on everyone's like, oh, wait, like she can sing kind of math and worked with Julie mm-hmm. Taymor and really Reeve brought Carney. that to life when Reeve Carney and was just so stunning and, and, and beautiful. And I thought, okay, she's, I mean, she sings, she definitely sings. Um, I've seen her do concerts in LA on the internet. Um, but I, it's, it's so interesting to me that she's first of all acknowledged that she can do this because she, if you aren't familiar for many, many years dealt with domestic abuse situations um, with the artist that is known as Marilyn Manson, I think has a different like real name. Um, But anyways, uh, and has documented that and has now become very public about that abuse. And it was very long and awful. And uh, the fact that she is playing Audrey, I don't know that we have had someone who has publicly acknowledged any type of domestic abuse going into a role like this. Um, in in any way, shape, or form, I'm sure that there have been people that have dealt with that that weren't public about it, that I'm not thinking of or known um, that wasn't public. But this is the first 
time where it's very public knowledge that she that a person has gone oh, yeah. through that that is playing this role. Um, and I think that that's not only challenging, but it's very brave and it's very exciting to know that she has taken on, hopefully, this new way to express herself um, and to express that part of her life, which is already very, very scary. Um, but it's very uplifting to me for a community of domestic violence survivors um, that she's going into this role. I hope I get to see her do it. I think it just might be one of the most touching, exciting casting decisions ever. Um, and I just, and and then her opposite Darren Chris, who she knows very well, um, is going to be awesome. And he's great. And also an AAPI person also on stage. I just like, I think it's going to be great. And he's so funny and awesome. So I think it's going to be good. And I'm really excited. <laughs> Here's the problem with Darren Chris. And, and this is Aww. a huge problem, <laughs> huge, huge problem. Not necessarily for me, but for our dear friend, Robbie Rizal. He's, he's too good looking. He's just too good looking to play Seymour. I, I haven't seen Robbie post about this, but this is Robbie's soapbox. Yeah. He, hot people. He doesn't, he doesn't think hot people should play Seymour. It's taking away roles for schlubs like 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 me so i am uh i'm standing <laughs> this for robbie darren chris too hot if people genuinely are concerned that darren <laughs> chris is taking a role from someone get in line that's all yeah. i have to say know, get in line with every other tenor get in line with every other person that has a chiseled chest i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but but it is it is silly and and i always i always want a a person who would uh, you know generally be cast in this in the 80s to be cast in this now you know i i want someone yeah. that has probably more character exactly you know my type um yeah. but i think that like of course no i'm literally with someone who is placing more uh, but i think that it's uh it's it's definitely a conversation but in this moment i'm gonna bask in the evan rachel wood glory <laughs> and tell everyone yeah. to shut the fuck up Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's get through some show and casting news here really quickly. Uh, over the break, the Manhattan Theater Club announced the cast for the upcoming premiere of John Patrick Shanley's new play, Brooklyn Laundry. It'll begin performances on February 6th. Shanley is also directing it. Leading the show will be Cecily Strong, along with David Zayez, Florencia Lozano, and Andrea Siglowski, who was my guest here on Broadway Radio back in the fall. What a dynamite cast. Theater people probably know David Zayas from Cost of Living, Andrea Siglowski from Passover and Halfway Bitches and Dig that she just did. But I, I don't think Florencia Lozano, who maybe you don't know, I grew up watching her on One Life to Live. She is fantastic. Uh, I'm very excited for everybody. And this again, performances begin on February 6th. Then going over to one of our favorite theater companies, the Vineyard Theater, they have announced casting for Russian Troll Farm, colon, a workplace comedy. This new play was written by Sarah Gancher and directed by Darko Treznik. The cast will be led by the great Academy Award nominee Christine Lottie. It will also feature Renata Friedman, Haskell King, John Lavelle, and Hadi Tabal. This show begins performances on January 25th. It is a limited run through February 25th as of now. Potential extensions always are a possibility off-Broadway. And then the last one here, and then we can talk about anything you want before we get into the next group of show and casting announcements, Grace, is 
the fact that the New York City Center Encores have announced additional casting for the upcoming run of Jelly's Last Jam. We already knew that Billy Porter and Jakina Kalakongo were going to be a part of that show that would begin performances on February 21st. Now we know that the incredible Nicholas Christopher will play Jelly Roll Morton. John Clay III will also be in there. Tiffany Mann and the legendary Leslie Uggams will be a part of the show too. If you want more information, we will have that in the show notes. That will run this season. Everything and Encores is running two weeks from February 21st through March 3rd. Yeah, I'm really excited about Jelly's Last Jam. I really hope I get to see it. It's um, it's it's just one of those shows that I like to watch the clips of on YouTube all the time. And that's how you, Jay. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know what it is, but the Troll Farm. It's a great title. I just feel like that's such a sellable uh-huh. title. Like, I just I immediately was like, I absolutely want to know more about this. And I think that that's part of the hook of it. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go back to some more casting news. Uh, over the break, the Keen Company announced two of the stars for its upcoming one night only benefit concert of the cult classic but short-lived Broadway musical Glory Days. It will feature Derek Klenna and Colton Ryan starring in this musical that was originally written by Nick Blameyer and James Garner. The show will be a one-night-only concert February 12th. It will feature what they are calling new simplified arrangements by Nick Blameyer's regular uh, collaborator Van Hughes. Additional casting will be announced for the concert moving forward. Speaking of short runs, the Kennedy Center's uh, Broadway Center stage production of Tick, Tick, Boom has found its three stars. That will be Tony winner Brandon Uranowitz and Tony nominees Danae Benton and Gray Henson. Neil Patrick Harris will direct this production that will run from January 26th through February 4th. That is 11 performances only in the nation's capital. And then finally, Grace, over the holidays, correct me if I'm wrong, you went and saw Titanic, correct? I did see Titanic. Was it your first time seeing it or had you seen it before? I can't remember. Seen that before. It was my mom's first time seeing it and it was Ev's first time seeing it. (laughs) Okay, great, great, great. Well, there will be a new Celine Dion taking over the role on February 9th, but it's actually an old Celine Dion because Nicole Parker, who had previously played the, the role before the current Celine Jackie Burns took over, will be returning on February 9th. She's currently scheduled to run through March 31st. Jackie Burns is scheduled to play her final performance on January 28th. As we've talked about before, they are going to welcome in some other new cast members uh, next week, actually next Friday. Starting on January 12th will be Frankie Grande returning to the role that he originated as Victor Garber. And then Nathan Lee Graham will also join the cast as Ruth. And then finally, in this little section here, um, it was announced that Mind Mangler, the new magic off-Broadway comedy show from the Mischief Group, will have a closing earlier than originally anticipated. It had been scheduled to run off-Broadway at New World Stages through March 3rd. It will now close up shop on January 28th. All right, Grace, I have a couple real quick videos to recommend, and I know you have a show that you want to recommend that I've mentioned before, but is now on sale. My two recommendations. One, Aaron Tveit did a New Year's Eve concert at 54 Below. He he sang the song um, I Am Ken. Is that what it's called? I Am Ken from the Barbie movie. You can check out that video in the show notes. And also Sweeney Todd did a a Tiny Desk concert with NPR. Many of the cast members, Ruthie Ann Miles wasn't there, but um, Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban were, so check 
check those out. And then, Grace, what show do you think people need to go get tickets for? Here's the thing. No one's paying me to say this. In fact, I don't work on it even a tiny bit. But the show that I am looking forward to the most is starting on February 14th. I don't know a better way to celebrate love than going to see the life and slimes of Mark Summers at New World Stages. I am seriously excited about this show. I cannot wait to see it. I just want everyone to see it. Tickets are on sale right now, and it's through April 29th. So I'm just saying, make make your plans to see it. I can't wait to see it. It's a solo show about Mark Summers' life. He stars in it. You love him from Double Dare. You love him from Unwrapped. You love him from just simply being a, a man. And I love him. So I'm excited about it. Is it just a one person show in terms of like, is he the only one up there or does he bring people on? Because I know I think like the set looks like a double dare set, right? Does he bring people on to do any double dare yeah, type competitions? It's little, no, it's a little bit about his life. There's also some song elements, but it's a 90 right. minute no intermission. So it's it's a part game show a little bit, but, you know, part his life and all the things. Okay. All right, there you go. You've got the recommendation from the one Grace Hockey on, uh, that, that, that you need to go into 2024. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWWMAT. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.